Welcome to Equal Parts, a series of true love stories told by the couples themselves. If this is the first time you're listening, I'd suggest starting with another episode. This one, it's a bit different from usual. A little while ago, I sat down with my microphone and a glass of wine. But instead of a sheet of notes in front of me, it was my friend Claire. And she had a list of questions. When I first started this podcast a while back, I was very single. Dating lots, but no one seemed to stick. If you heard the bonus episode I put out on Valentine's Day 2022, you'll know that I've found someone. After collecting and delighting in other people's love stories for years, I finally had my own. And as this season and the whole series wraps up, I thought I'd invite you into my life for a change. And my partner's. Or maybe it's our life now. Sitting in Claire's cosy and crucially quiet flat and checking my levels, the nerves suddenly hit, (laughs) hence the wine. I like being the one asking the questions, following up on tiny details, predicting how I'll stitch the narrative together. But exposing my own feelings and memories, it was scary. And yet, here I am, about to play you my and Oliver's love story. To keep it as unbiased as possible, another friend, the super-talented Davide, edited this episode. Massive thanks to him and Claire for stepping in as my production crew. Okay, here it is. My name's Oliver. I'm a software engineer and I live in Manchester at the moment, but I'm originally from Derby. I'm Maria. I am the creator of Equal Parts and producer and editor and I live in Manchester but I'm from Norfolk. My partner is Oliver and we've been together just shy of two years. So me and Maria met through a dating app. Uh, It was the time where things were just kind of opening up again. The world was coming back to life. It was uh, it was May 2021. So we met on Hinge I had just come back from spending nine months at my parents' house in rural Norfolk, which was a pretty big change from previously having lived in the city centre of Manchester. So because of that, I was very eager to get back out and socialising and making the most of the city. And I was also a bit unrehearsed. I think we all were coming out of COVID of being social. Like I had a craving for it, but I was also kind of like, how do you talk to people again? I had had one quite short relationship before but nothing super serious or nothing serious at all really and so I was a very good experience like first and second data I wasn't a relationship person at that point not that I didn't want one I think actually when I met Oliver I was ready for a relationship I was looking for that but I was not used to it I wasn't used to things progressing beyond a third or fourth date because I get bored quite easily. I'd not long been been on the app. I wasn't really interested in, in dating. Kind of things were opening up again. Friends convinced me. I thought I'd go on some dates, see what happens. And, and Maria was actually only the second date I went on. I remember her photos were very intriguing. I was very attracted to her. But at the same time, I didn't get the vibes that we were going to click as people. My profile was somewhat hastily put together mostly forced by friends. I, not against photos, but I don't go out looking for photos. So my catalogue of photos of me was absolutely non-existent. 
friends of mine had taken me out and we'd been out as we kind of had trying the restaurants and, and bars as things started to open up again in Manchester. And, and they made an effort of forcing me to be in photos and taking photos of me where they could. There was one where he was, it was him and his friend, or who I assumed to be his friend, that were sitting outside, but it was obviously like a colder night and there was a blanket wrapped around them. And I think there was one drink in front of them. I think it was a margarita. And I remember I opened the chat. I said something like, did you share the cocktail as well? Which is actually like not an interesting line, but in the realms of app dating, it's kind of interesting because it's, okay, I've looked at your profile and I see something and I'm commenting on something. I'm not just doing a boring, how are you? And also hopefully like a little bit funny, like it's not a great joke, but it's like a bit of interesting humor, right? I can't remember a great deal about Maria's profile. I can remember the photos, but I can't remember any of the details uh, that she posted about herself. Maria looked exactly how you expect her to look in the photos, but the personality that she put across in the photos wasn't at all what I expected. She seemed a little bit kind of, um, I guess she was being playful. I don't know what the vibe she was putting forward was. She had so much sass about her and um, it was a very playful sass and so I got this vibe that she was going to be very sarcastic and a lot of fun I guess that's kind of what drew me in she just seemed like she was going to be great to sit and have a conversation with she'd be full of jokes maybe a bit of self-deprecating humor and sarcasm and I guess that happens to just be what I like I think the conversation that defines what we talked about on there was talking about music Maria is a big music person and I thought I was too but then I met Maria and I realized I know nothing about music and she asked me what I was interested in. And at the time, me and a friend had been listening to a lot of records and um, we've been appreciating kind of acoustic-y stuff. And uh, something we've listened to recently that we've reconnected was, I had heard this before, but Coldplay's first album. We've been listening to that and it's a beautiful acoustic album and on a, on a good hi-fi, it's just very relaxing. But it doesn't at all match up with the rest of the Coldplay vibes. And I remember saying to her that I'd been listening to Coldplay a lot. And, and I think that almost kind of killed things dead there. She was very, very against the idea and she she was happy to call me out on that. It was almost a deal breaker for me because I really hate Coldplay. But he was talking about it, listening on his speakers and how like the fullness of the sound is great or something. So I was like, okay, whatever. At least this guy's like into music. I'd rather he was into listening to music and appreciate it than not at all. We can get past the Coldplay. I can like upgrade his music knowledge. That's fine. Luckily, I had a few other good choices that she was vibing with at the time. And I think they saved me. Uh, I think Taylor Swift was one. She's a, she's a big Taylor Swift fan. I mean, I, I'm sure it's uh, not necessarily the most masculine thing for a guy to put out there. But uh, I love Taylor Swift. And I've been introduced to one of the albums recently. And I think I shared with her my, my love for lying in the bath, listening to Taylor Swift and drinking uh, cold white wine. And then I think because I was kind of a seasoned online dater, I was very quickly like, let's meet up in real life because otherwise the chat just dries up and you you run out of things to say or you're talking to other people and you become disinterested. So I wanted to meet up in real life. And I think we did that. I think it was like a week or less that we made a, a date in the physical world. I do remember, though, that we set a date. It was for a Saturday evening, early evening. And usually, in my experience, you'd set the date and then, like, you'd stop talking because you want... <laughs> it's, so, it's so clinical, but, like, you want to keep some information back so you've got something to talk about on the date. But he kept texting me, and I was like, this guy is so 
either keen or just like chatty or just doesn't know the like in inverted commas rules. And it turned out it was the last that he just didn't really know the rules because he was not really much of an online data. And also like he was interested, which is a nice thing, but I was just reading it as him being like over chatty. And I was like, I can't deal with his text at the moment. We're like, hang out on Saturday. Let's just leave it at that. We met in a, a nice little beer bar in the Northern Quarter and, uh, it was a very rainy day. We were sat outside under the kind of on these benches with big umbrellas for canopies. They were still soaked though. Um, so I managed to find a spot and, and waited. And uh, suddenly she came running down the kind of little pavement towards where the bench where I was. I could see like a group of people, a couple, a group, a couple, whatever. And then there was just, like one guy and he had dark hair. And I was like, okay, I think that's him. And then as I, I like get parallel with our table and I realize it is him and he looks up and like kind of smiles at me, I went over to the table and basically said hello and then looked at where I was meant to be sitting and it was like absolutely sodden. I, I realised her bench was wet and I thought, oh, I'll offer my coat up. I, I'm Sometimes I can be smart, but I absolutely lack common sense. And so I thought, oh, I'll do the chivalric thing and give my coat to wipe the bench. And, and she just looked at me funny and said, I'll just go to the bar and get some paper towels. Basically, like <laughs> immediately went into kind of problem solving mode. Basically just said hi and then ran into the bar asked them for a load of blue roll, came back out, mopped up my seat, and then like threw this lump of blue roll just like on the table, very unromantic, and sat down and um, was able to start the date. <laughs> and in that moment, I just realized that was a great idea, but she, she said it in a way that really put me at ease. And, and from that moment, you go into dates so nervous, but I was just at ease then. The conversation just flowed and, and I don't remember being nervous the rest of the night. For me, that was just like a means to an end. I don't want a wet bum. I want to be comfortable talking to this man. Um, for him, he was like, <laughs> I found out later, inspired by that moment because he had just sat down in the pool of wet or like on his coat or something, just thinking, oh, I don't want to make a fuss or I have not thought about solving this problem, which is actually very unlike him thinking about it. So maybe he was nervous. And he apparently he was like, oh, okay, this, this woman knows, like, she's just gone and got something. She's solved it. She's, like, done it for herself. She's not expected me to do anything. And now she's comfortable. And so a non-thought moment for me was quite, like, an impressive moment for him, which is kind of cute. Neither of us were, were particularly well-dressed for the weather, let alone to, to sit outside with the uh, rain running off the, the umbrella above us on our backs and, and soaking us. But I actually don't remember any of it being being an issue throughout the whole kind of time we were sat there. It's, we were obviously just wrapped in our own little conversations and sheltering under this this umbrella from the rain. And I guess that kind of brought us closer, made the conversation great. The noise of the rain sheltered from the, the conversations around us and we were just in our own little bubble kind of uh, swapping stories. The thing I remember the most was Maria has this magic for bringing stories and, and information out of people and making them spill their the kind of truth thoughts and emotions on, on whatever it is that she's she's inquiring about and, and i feel like this is what she did to me it wasn't it wasn't a one-way affair but it very much felt like i was being interviewed but in the best of ways and at the same time every story she'd pull from me she might offer one in return so it was it was this back and forth but i very much felt like she she led the conversation but it was all done in a very kind of fun and uh playful way and we we covered everything from kind of our childhood histories to what we did for our careers what, what our friends were like what we liked to do with our spare time um and knowing me i probably kind of led some of those conversations down deeper roots we had kind of deep meaningful conversations about what we what we felt and what was important to us um which surprisingly was probably very 
different to each other. We, we probably came in with very different viewpoints and stances in life. He seemed genuinely interested in what I had to say, as opposed to just kind of going through the motions of it, which obviously is lovely to be on the receiving end of. So the, the last order got called quite early and we were, I mean, a great sign. We didn't want to end the night. So we wanted to think where else could we go? And Maria suggested this little bar near us called Jane Eyre. Um, and I'd never been before, but I'd heard good things. So we went along and we thought we'd see if we could try and find a table. And we, we managed to find one outside um, under this uh, little marquee. So we would protect from the rain. It was a much better spot than the one we were in previously. Even though it was outside, that bar has such a relaxed and welcoming feel and that transposed to the outside area plus the square that it's in just had cute fairy lights up and stuff so it was like quite unintentionally romantic and i was introduced to their magical cocktails and then there was a moment where i realized that i was very interested and i was having a great time and uh when conversation flows so well and you're having such a good in-depth conversation sometimes I was scared that maybe I didn't want it to go the wrong way. I didn't want to get the wrong vibes, that it was just great chat. So we were sitting opposite each other on like a kind of canteen bench. I kind of sneakily put my leg forward uh, and, and kind of threaded my leg through the middle of hers. So we were like, my leg, his leg, my leg, his leg. Just kind of rested the side of it against her just to give the kind of sign like, this is fun, this is this is interesting, I, I like you. It was like so smooth. I can't remember who was talking, but it was unnoticeable he didn't do anything with his face to be like oh I'm making a move now but I just suddenly felt like his knee locking against my knees I was like okay he's interested this is like a signal that's a very delicate way I feel to make that first bit of contact which is important because if you don't make that first contact then the first hug's a bit harder or the first kiss and that was really nice because I'm I kind of wasn't used to guys putting themselves out there and that's like not even putting themselves out there it's such a tiny thing but it was like really valued in that moment Maria definitely made all the next moves. Uh, a short while later, she she was looking at me funny with a, with a cute little smile on her face. And she she obviously didn't quite know how to say what she wanted to say, but told her to just kind of come out with it. And she said she, she wanted to kiss me and she she wanted to ask for a kiss. And she was like, is that all right? And I said, of course. And then we, we leant across the table and, and we kissed. And it was, it was beautiful. And then she kind of sat back and she was there just smiling and glowing at me. Um, and I guess that was the, the moment where I knew that this was obviously off to a good start. And that was lovely. And then from that point, I was like, okay, this, you know, we're both interested. And it felt like solidly romantic. And the night just went on from there. We, we sat until they called last orders at maybe kind of 11, 12, 1. And he said, I'll walk you back to your door. And I was like, half like, hmm, okay, cheesy move because he wants another kiss at the door. But also like, that's really kind and sweet. Um, so we walked like the two minutes back to my door and that, oh, that walk is always like the worst time because you don't want to get into a full conversation because you know, you're just about to arrive at a door and then like, you can't continue that conversation, but you also don't want to just walk back in silence. So like, that was the most awkward moment of the whole date probably. And then we got to my building and I think it was raining again. Luckily there's like a little glass awning that comes out of the building. So we stood under that and we had a good night kiss and then like the kiss just kept carrying on. And then I remember someone came in or out of the building and we were like, okay, this is a bit awkward. And also it's raining. So we went into the building just, <laughs> just inside the lobby and then like carried on. And then someone else came in or out of the building. I was like, okay, this is really awkward. And also it's like fluorescent lighting in here. So I invited him upstairs. And I remember, so I have a little duplex and upstairs is the living room. And so we went upstairs and we're sitting on the sofa. And I remember I 
gave him a glass of whiskey. Well, I offered him a drink and then I think I just did it without asking him what he'd like. And we both had a glass of whiskey. And again, this is one of the things that like wasn't really a thing for me at all. But later on, I've discovered that he was quite impressed by that because he'd, I think he'd never been to a woman's house before where they had given him whiskey, especially like unprompted. I think that kind of sealed the deal, really. Uh, I'm very much a fan of a, of a nightcap, especially whiskey, and and it turned out to be a, a very good one, Woodford Reserve. And uh, so we we sat with a glass of whiskey and, and continued chatting, and and I, I can't think of a better way to end the night in, in general. So let alone uh, with someone having met someone as wonderful as Maria. After the first date we had, I, I think a second date was just a given. I definitely wasn't thinking, oh, this is the one, this is like a serious thing. But I was like, this is a nice, I feel good about it. Oh my God, I also remember before he left, he was like, what are you doing next week? Let's hang out on like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I was like, what? That's <laughs> like in three days time. I'm not going to have done anything by then. I won't have anything to talk to you about by then. I also have this thing that sometimes like, my friends make fun of me for, which is that I don't want to see the same person too much in, in too little time, which is like pathetic. And it's based on a fear that we won't have anything to talk about. But obviously, like the people that you're closest to, you always have something to talk about. So it's really irrelevant. And I, I kind of left it as like, yeah, let's see. But then it turned out that I think my sister was coming to stay with me that week, my sister and my nephew. So I was like, it's either on the Tuesday which is like three days from now, or it's not for like 10 days. So I was like, okay, well, we sort of have to do this Tuesday thing. Apparently that's very against Maria's norms, um, but she made the exception for me. And then it was a great day, obviously, but I was just panicky that it was like, he was gunning for something so keen. And he said that on the, at the end of the first date, which again is like a nice flattering sign, but I read it as like, ooh, keen. I definitely got vibes a lot sooner than Maria did. We met in this kind of spring, early summer. In the autumn, I remember I went to visit some friends in London. And I'd had this like sense from him. I felt like he was maybe holding something back. And I, I said, to, I remember sitting outside this pub watching football with my friends. And I said, I think Oliver wants to tell me he loves me and I'm not ready to say it back to him. And they were like excited for me, but also kind of um, compassionate. I felt very strongly. I didn't want to say it for the sake of it. But I could tell that she felt the same, but she was, she was too afraid to confront that, to truly say it. I didn't want to say it unless I really meant it. And I'd never said it to anyone in a romantic context before. And I don't remember when she first said it, but I remember when she first felt it. And I got the vibe at the time and, and she kind of confirmed it afterwards that, that this is when she, she'd felt it. But we'd, we'd already been spending some mornings together, some nights and mornings together. And uh, I'd wake up and we'd have breakfast in the nice sunny kitchen. It was beautiful. And he was literally talking about like finance news, like something so boring. But literally, I had like waves through my body and I couldn't stop smiling. And I suddenly realized, oh, I love this man. But he was talking about this news story and he was on such a roll. So I was just like glazed over, staring and smiling at him. But he had no idea. She just had this, this look in her eyes, this smile on her face. And obviously we were both just kind of so content. But she didn't want to bring it up then. She didn't think it was the right time. She knew I had to rush off to work. And so she, she waited. And the next time we hung out was a friend's birthday party and there was loads of people around and I couldn't say it then. It was the next time I saw her when we had a date that she admitted that that morning she'd wanted to say it, she'd felt it. She'd realised the first time that she felt like she, she was in love. 
I waited from like midweek until like the Saturday or Sunday. And then finally I was able to say it. And obviously he said it back and I got so tongue tied when I was trying to say it. But I'm glad he read the room and he knew to kind of wait. And then when I was ready, it like meant more. Me and Maria have developed a lot of tools in our time together so far. And I think that's what's made us so successful. Um, I've taken inspiration from, from my career in software engineering and, and the methodologies we use there. And uh, a big thing I'm a fan of is what we call a retrospective. And me and Maria adopted this practice really early. What we do is we, we go to the pub on, on a Monday, every other Monday, and we talk about what's been going well, what's been going badly, what we want to change, what we want to keep doing. And we kind of use that as a bit of admin time to kind of plan, oh, we got these events. Uh, do you want to do and do see friends more? Do you want to have a rest? How are finances? How are we doing with chores? Since we've moved in, uh, these have been absolutely pivotal to helping build a good kind of working relationship, so to speak, at home. And so we, we use that as a good, uh, just a place for open communication. You're not holding on to things from an argument a week ago. You can bring them up like sensibly. You can have a place to talk about the really boring stuff that no one wants to talk about when you're out on date night. You can say something that might potentially be hurtful, but actually is going to be helpful. If we had fights, we'd always make sure to kind of, I guess, do a full debrief on it. And maybe that's not healthy. Maybe maybe it's too much. But for us, it helped to talk about it. And we talk about what we thought about, but also why we got into that position. And oftentimes, you doing that, we discovered we weren't really fighting. We were just, there were some other anxieties in our life that had led us into that. It's about creating that space where we both know we have an opportunity to bring something up. And I think it only works because we both respect that. And we're both willing to bring ourselves like honestly and open to it. And I and I just really value knowing that it's there. I feel like it's such a key part of our relationship. It's something I'm very proud of. Ultimately, all the tools we have are, are founded on communication and good communication skills. And, and by talking about the things that are going on and the way we feel, we've iterated and adapted and we've grown and grown and grown. And I, I think doing that, we've managed to build a really good, healthy life together. Maria's completely changed me as a person. She's made me a lot more social. She's introduced me to so many new friendship groups um, and she's made me appreciate the ones that I have even more than I did before. The beauty has been that introducing Maria to my friends has been one of the easiest things to do because she's quickly just become part of the friendship group and I actually think she vibes with them even better than I vibe with them. You know, I think my friends would say, oh yeah, you're still the same Maria and his friends the same to him, but I do think there were subtle changes within us as individuals and definitely as a couple that are just developments of having of, of being in that close relationship with somebody and wanting to make little adaptations to make everything go smoother. All those little changes, just being aware of the other person's behaviour, aware of maybe as much as you can be what they're thinking at the time, reading them better and then adjusting your own behavior. So there are little changes like that all through our relationship that um, have probably just made us both <laughs> nicer people and like easier people to be around. I can be, sometimes I can be serious and I can be sharp. Oliver is a very smart person, but he's also very playful. Uh, Maria definitely brings out that bubbly playful side of me. And he brings out a playful side of me, which is not typical of me, I would say. Coming into the into our relationship, I was not at all 
interested in a relationship, but but now I I couldn't I couldn't see it any other way. I I, I found something that makes me truly happy, and I was working so hard on building this kind of this base of my life, and nothing I could have done could have done as good a job as as Maria has done so far at, at kind of building this this life we've got together. Now I feel like we've we've really begun the journey that I'm no longer on this kind of preparation phase that things have begun and, and, and this is the start of the good life. I I can only look forward with with wonder and and happiness at what the next 10, 20, 30 years are going to be like. Equal Parts is produced by me, Maria Passingham. This episode was co-edited by Davide Erbo with production help from Claire Brown. Davide is the creator and producer of the fantastic podcast Britalian, which shares his experience of being an Italian in Britain. It's so charming and creative, and I insist you must listen. The music for Equal Parts comes from Audio Network, and there's transcripts for every episode on the website, equalpartspodcast.co.uk, if you'd like to read instead or alongside. As always, an artwork has been created to accompany this episode. Waiting for any of these pieces is always a mixture of nervous and excited anticipation, but this one was so hard. I think you'll agree with me though, the ink piece Savannah Storm has created is so cute. I love the way it progresses through the story. You can find it at equalpartspodcast.co.uk or on socials, use hashtag equalpartspodcast. And don't worry, there's a link for all this stuff in the show notes. Next week, back to our regular programming for one last time. And speaking of lasts, this final first date happened at the absolute latest opportunity. I saw the small tattoo she had on her arm um, that had a line of poetry from Robert Frost. So she was explaining it to me that it was a Robert Frost line, but like in the handwriting of Jane Austen. So I was just like, oh my God, I love both of them. I love Jane Austen. Zabib said, oh, that's amazing. And also I have a line of poetry on my back and a tattoo um, by Walt Whitman. And at that moment I thought, wow, okay. Yep, yep, I'm really sold on this girl. I'm so sold. That's, that's annoying because I'm gonna leave. <laughs> Why do you have to be completely perfect? <laughs>